Welcome to the Better Sovereign Show. I'm your host, Colin Stucker. We're here for five-ish minutes of something that's going to help you become a better thinker, a better human, more sovereign, more free, more understanding of the first principles and rights and freedoms and sovereignty and what all those things are. Bitcoin here and there. Today, we'll actually talk about that quite a bit. Inflation, money, debt, whatever. You need to understand the game you're playing. And most people don't. Most people go into this game and they let the people that write the rules for the game, that benefit from writing the rules for the game, tell them how to live, how to think, how to act, how to vote. And that's a damn shame. So today we're going to talk about inflation real quick and then how Bitcoin is potentially one of your greatest ways to protect against that and something that you should have no matter what. But also just understanding the game you're playing is so important. These notes here, I'm going to read from the Beginner's Guide to Bitcoin by Matthew Cratter from Trader University. I watched most of his videos on YouTube. Really good, smart dude. When I was a child in the 1970s, a Big Mac cost about 65 cents. Today, a Big Mac costs about $4 or more. We've all noticed how the same amount of money buys less stuff over time. We can call this inflation or just say that the purchasing power of the U.S. dollar falls over time. That's because they keep making more of it. And it's a very simple idea of scarcity and supply and demand. The more you make of something, the less valuable it becomes. Very simple to understand. This is why the U.S. dollar is not a good store of value over long periods of time. And the same is true for the euro, the yen, and pretty much all fiat currencies. They keep making more of it, therefore it loses its value. Therefore, prices have to rise to compete with the ever-increasing money supply. Okay, This is what billions of people that operate in modern economies today all engage in, most of which have no idea it even happens. It's kind of insane if you think about that. It's almost, no, it's not even almost. It's a literal Ponzi scheme in broad daylight in which you kick the can down the road so that future generations will foot the bill. And when the currency eventually collapses or you have hyperinflation or whatever, it will die and the people will move to something else. And those that have been the savers that have been operating in these fiat dollars or this fiat yen or whatever for long periods of time and storing their wealth in them, they will be wiped out. Asset holders, i.e. the rich, will benefit because you get asset inflation and generally people will try to exit failing currencies. They move into assets, which are scarce. And because there's more competition to want to get into them, what happens? Prices rise. This is just broad daylight Ponzi scheme. And it's crazy that so few people know what it is or understand how it works or do anything to protect themselves from it. It is absolutely batshit crazy. Fiat is Latin for let it be done. Basically means like by decree, right? Because the government says so. Central banks generally print and control the money supply. Now, most people think that the Fed, which is the central bank for America and basically the world, people think that that is a government institution. It's actually a private bank. And there's a charter with the government and things like this. And uh, most of the big banks like JP Morgan, Wells Fargo, et cetera, are shareholders in that bank. And so every time they print up money, they get that, that gets dispersed to other banks. Then they use that money to make loans. Then they earn interest on that loans. They're given free money to use to become a lender and to then generate billions of dollars in risk-free, literally risk-free, because if they default on loans or there's a financial crash, they'll just get bailed out. They'll print more money, right? It's, it's unbelievable. This conspiracy in broad daylight. You should actually look up the word conspiracy. It is, I believe it's a coordinated effort. Let's look this up because this word gets tossed around a lot and people don't even know what it means. So a secret plan by a group to do something unlawful or harmful. Well, the Fed was created on an island with big bankers that want to control the money supply. It was created out of conspiracy. And then the act of plotting or conspiring. If you plot something, if you go into a boardroom and you coordinate something as a group and you collectively agree on something to do something, that is a conspiracy. Right? Most people think it always has to be like nefarious or it's like a secret plan and whatever. Uh, that's kind of what the word has taken on in recent years. But I would say it's not really what the 
the word actually means. I mean, it has a pejorative kind of frame to it where it's generally negative, but if I coordinate with my business partner to make an investment, I mean, you could say we're conspiring to make this investment. We're conspiring to be profitable. We're conspiring to make money in our business. <laughs> the Fed and the government, central banks, politicians, big bankers, banksters, as I've seen people call them, conspire to control the money. They're money printers. They're counterfeiters. When you make more of a dollar and you make another dollar, right? If I do that, that's illegal. I can go to jail for literally years, federal crime. When a government prints more of their dollars up and they just type in numbers in a screen and the dollar supply increases, well, that's called monetary policy or quantitative easing or some other BS term that they use to just dupe the public. It is counterfeiting. You are creating more of something, thus increasing the supply and thus lowering the value. That's why they go after counterfeiters because it's not actually good. People that hold dollars, when more of them are made, they get they get hurt. You earn in dollars. If more dollars get printed up, your earning power is lesser. You're poor. And if you have dollars in your bank account, it now buys less. You're poor. And this happens every single day, every single year, every single month. Last year, we printed up about a fifth of all U.S. dollars in existence. And then with the stimulus bill, bill this year, even now they're talking about an infrastructure bill for billion for trillions, I believe. I think it's like six trillion they want. Uh, we have printed, I think it's around a quarter. It's probably even, we probably don't even know. It's probably around like a third. A third to a quarter of all dollars that have ever been made, existed, have been produced out of thin air. Poof, there you go. In the last 15, 16 months. It is incredible that this goes on in broad daylight. I'm gonna have to do a multi-part series on this because there's just so much to talk about and it's so important to understand. But I'll leave you with this. So like counterfeiters, those who can print new money in demand, central banks, and those close to the money printer, Wall Street, benefit from it at the expense of ordinary savers. Wall Street loves low interest rates and money printing and works closely with the US Treasury and Federal Reserve to make sure that their addiction continues to be fed. There's a revolving door between Wall Street, hedge funds, private equity funds, university economics departments, think tanks, the Federal Reserve System, the US Treasury, and various regulators that ensures that the money printing continues. They're propping up a lie. They justify it. They go talk about it and they convince you know, public and Congress, whatever, that this is just the way it is, or it's the best way, or this or that. That's why Janet Yellen gets to be both Fed chairman and Treasury secretary, and why Jerome Powell moves seamlessly from private equity to central banking. Centralization and regulatory capture always lead to financial tyranny. It's a consolidation of power and incentives, and you control the money. <laughs> Think about governments. No government throughout history other than for brief periods of time, have been able to balance their budget. They always go bankrupt. They always overspend. It's really hard. I mean, it's hard to balance the budget of a small business. There's so many things, so many expenses. Imagine a large government with hundreds of thousands of employees and all these different things and policies and programs. There's no human on earth that could actually budget that. Like, I get that. But what this means is when the government goes bankrupt, when it can't pay its debts, or when it defaults on its gold obligations, the way we did after the Vietnam War, which is why Nixon suspended the gold window, meaning you couldn't convert dollars to gold, which was a pegging, which helped keep the dollar relatively stable. What do they do? They print more. And that's what every country in the planet is doing right now. Every country in the planet is going into generally more debt. I mean, there's a couple countries that have like either less debt or little debt. I think there might even be like one or two countries that are debt-free or have a positive balance sheet. I don't know which ones those are. Maybe it's it's not the Swiss because I think they've even moved to a fiat currency re recently. 
They used to be gold-backed for a long time, and they were relatively stable, still are, I would say, stable economically, uh, but they're also getting onto the fiat train, so who knows how long that will last. Just think about this. You play the game of life. You go to work. You get a job. You try to reach your goals. You do all these different things. You operate in dollars. You spend dollars. You invest in dollars. You get dollars like you want dollars, etc. And you have no idea what's actually going on behind scenes. You have no idea what a dollar even is, what it, like what it's supposed to represent, what it's supposed to be. And fundamentally, you don't know what money is. If you don't know what money is and you don't know the history of money and you don't understand gold and seashells and tobacco and tea and all the different forms of money throughout history, if you don't understand why they rise up, why they fail, why gold has been the strongest in existence up until recently when Bitcoin was introduced and now Bitcoin's the strongest money ever created, it's going to be the reserve currency for humanity. And that's why you got to get in early because you don't want to be piling in when everyone else is. Because when, you know, 1 billion humans wake up, then the rest are going to wake up. The other 5 to 6 billion, however many are on this planet right now. They're all going into Bitcoin and there's only 21 million of them. Price is going to be bonkers. Understand fiat, money, what I just said about Bitcoin. Do the necessary research. Don't play a game that's rigged against you without understanding how to mitigate that riggedness, how to mitigate what's actually going on. We're going to still operate in this economy. We're still going to take dollars and spend dollars and do things. But there's a whole other world of possibility that you, I mean, there's really just one thing. It's Bitcoin and of course, buying assets, et cetera. But there's this whole other thing over here that you have no idea about that could not only protect your financial future and sovereignty and be the greatest insurance you'll ever purchase in your life, but can also give you massive, massive upside for when this broken system comes tumbling down. And that's why I stack with Swan Bitcoin. Go to colin.coach slash swan to get on there. I stack daily and it's take some money out of my bank account, I think every week or every month. And so I get all the price swings up and down. It's called dollar cost averaging. It's a simple way to buy. If you try to time the market, you're going to be wrong. You're going to be wrong one way or the other. And you're going to probably lose out one way or the other. Either it's going to go up to up or you're going to buy at a high, whatever. Just buy consistently over time. That's what you want to do. And that's what I used to want Bitcoin to do. So get on the Better Human newsletter over at Colin.coach. That's going to be it for today's video. And I'll see you in the next one.